Amen, amen. Aren't you grateful to be in the house of God with God's people? Why don't we take a moment and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Amen. I am grateful that you are here today. Welcome to the sanctuary. The sanctuary is a place of life. It's a place of hope. It's a place of love. This is a place to belong. And so if you are here today and you are one of our first time guests, even one of our returning guests today, we welcome you today in Jesus name. We're so glad that you're here. So glad you're back. Glad to see what the Lord is going to do in your life in the coming days. If you are here today, you have picked a tremendous time to be with us. We are embarking on a brand new sermon series today. So I am grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to see how God is going to minister to us today. Also today, we are so thrilled if you have been already able to sign up for a small group. Small group, sure. Yeah, we can give God praise for that. Small groups begin this week and there is still time for you to sign up today. Everybody say today. So you can sign up on the website. There's going to be a link posted on the screen behind me as well. We know that we are better together. Amen. We're better together and small groups are a perfect way for that to occur. One of the great things about small groups and about our church really in general is that you're not going to find perfect people here in the house of God. There was only one perfect person and his name was Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so today we celebrate God's grace and goodness in our life every single day. I'm thankful for his mercy and his grace being bestowed upon me. Where would I be without his mercy? Where would I be without the grace of God? Amen. And so as we begin today, I wonder if anyone has ever failed at anything before. Anybody ever fail in anything? Okay, there's some hands are raised and there's some yeses in the audience today. Here's what I do know. I'm sure that if we were even polling the folks online, they would say, yeah, there's several of us. We have certainly failed at one time or another. Now, if you're anything like me, there is no shortages of failures that could come to mind right now. I mean, a highlight reel displaying all the best and the worst of failures that I've had in my life, all those mistakes. I was thinking, you know, I was, I remember a time I was a child growing up and, you know, I never learned how to ride a bike. It took me a little while to get there. I thought, man, I'd never be able to figure this out. Anyone else have trouble riding bikes? Anybody in the room? Okay. If, okay. Yeah. I've got some honest folks here in the front and over here as well. Okay. Well, here's the thing. It took, I was like eight years old. All right. And it took me about that long before I even figured it out. Even then I would have some balance problems. I don't know what my deal was. Uh, even, you know, there are times, you know, it takes a while to get back on that bike. Well, I still have those moments where it's difficult. And here's the thing about failing. I failed to follow instructions when building things, simple things, you know, furniture, uh, Legos. All right. I can't tell you the amount of times that I'll be working on something only to discover I've got all these extra leftover parts that were supposed to go somewhere. And I'm pretty sure if I put something on that table or if I'm building something, some wing would fall off or some thing would fall apart, some wall. And so anyone else in the same boat, you kind of sometimes miss a couple things. Yeah. All right, folks, can I even tell you this? I've even failed at listening before. You might ask, Pastor, how in the world do you fail at listening? <laughs> All you have to do is sit there and be quiet. Well, uh, you'd be surprised. It can be hard for a guy like me, you know, because, you know, my mind wanders sometimes. I don't know anyone's mind wanders sometimes. I hope your mind's not wandering right now. 
Come on, someone. All right, yeah, I don't want your mind to wander. Look, I'm really trying my hardest. I am really there. I'm all in. Sometimes I'm dialing in, but sometimes it's hard because my mind's in a billion other places. It feels like, all right, we all fail, right? We get that. Sometimes we just are falling short of what we ought to be doing. And if we took more time to talk about it, I'm sure that we could all, you know, take a moment and yeah, here's my shortcoming here, my shortcoming there. This is an area I need to grow in. I don't know a lot about you, but I don't like to feel like a failure at anything, right? I don't want to let anybody down. I don't like to have anyone let me down either, of course. But I want you to know something, that there is something that you can grab onto that cannot fail, that will not fail. That is impossible to fail. And that is Jesus Christ's love for you. I believe Jesus Christ's love is unfailing today. Amen. He loves you. His love is so deep. It's so wide. It's so far. And because of that, here's what I do understand. Jesus Christ loves us so much that we don't at times even have the tools, the simple tools to comprehend how deep that love. And it is immeasurable. The love for us from Christ is immeasurable. His love never fails. And the Bible tells us about the greatest things of all this idea of love. When we talk about the greatest of all things is love, it says even at times the world, we grapple with understanding what does that really mean? What is real love, genuine love all about? God is love, but it does not mean that love is God. In other words, love does not define God, but rather God defines love. I'm thankful today. God's the one that defines love today, not the other way around. Why is that? Because much of what we call love in North America bears absolutely no resemblance, has no relationship to the holy spiritual love of God Almighty. One of the simplest yet most profound promises of love is found in 1 John chapter 3. You see, God loved us so long before we could even return the favor to him. He still loves us even when our love falls short of his. Why? Because he loves us. We are his today. We belong to the Lord. First John chapter three in verse one. See what great love the father has lavished on us that while we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, that we should be called children of God. And that, my friends, are what we are. So I encourage you today. You are the apple of God's eye. Amen. God loves you so much. He cares about you so deeply. You are his chosen today. If I can tell someone, you've got to grab this today, but you are his chosen. You are his beloved today. You are a child of the king. He loves you so deeply. He loves you so much today so that no matter what comes your way in this life, you can count on the unfailing love of God. You can trust him. Because love won't let me down. And that's what I'm going to preach about today. Love won't let me down. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I thank God for his love for me today. I thank God for his love today. Amen. Now, here's what I do understand when it comes to our world and our society. You know what? I know you're tired of the culture of overpromise and under deliver. 
You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, if you just take this one pill each day for a month, you're going to be able to fit into your clothes that you wore in high school. Well, thankfully, I don't even know where those clothes are of mine. In fact, I can assure you that if I were to just take that one pill, it's going to take a whole lot more than that one pill for me to fit back in those clothes. All right. Our world makes promises that cannot be fulfilled. It's really setting us up for disappointment. It's about letting us down. But there is a love today I can preach about that will never let you down. This love will never forsake you because God's love is real and it is genuine today. Do you believe that today? Some believers in the house have to celebrate the love of God. I'm thankful for his love being bestowed upon me when I didn't deserve it. Our focus passage for the next couple of weeks gives this clear picture of God's love. It shares why we love and whom we should love and calls us God's love in us. It allows us to understand how much God loves us and how we are called to love him. And certainly we are called to love one another. First John chapter four in verse seven reads, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitute for our sins. Beloved. God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We're called to love one another, right? If God so loved us, we're also called to extend that love to everybody around us. Here's one thing that I learned about from reading the word of God about this idea of love. Human love, it's not like God's love, right? The Bible gives us so many powerful examples of love for better or for worse. We see how Rachel loved her son Jacob and was willing to do anything so that he would receive the birthright blessing. We see the father by the name who favored his son Joseph so much so that he bestows upon him a coat of many colors, a beautiful coat demonstrating to everybody around them that this is my son and I love him. We see how Demas walked away from following Jesus Christ. Why? Because he had a love of this present world. Love can positively or negatively guide actions. It can guide choices. Love can guide destinies. Why is love such a powerful force? Well, because it controls our hearts. And our hearts are what call the shots. It's our heart that calls the shot today. So where our heart is, that is what will be guiding us and leading us in our lives. Proverbs 4 and 23 shares with us, above all else, guard your heart for everything. Somebody say everything. <laughs> everything you do flows from it. In other words, it's important to take a moment, a time out and say, what's going on on the inside of my heart? What really is in there? What's 
what's, what's happening? What's, what am I feeling today? Because what my heart longs for, what my heart is searching for, that is where my life will be led toward. We're called to love God and love the things of God. It's important we love the right things today and love the right way. It's important we're not swept away by every wind of doctrine. In other words, something new shows up on the radar. Ooh, I think I'm going to follow after that doctrine today. Some new interpretation of scripture. No, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to follow the word of God and allow God's love and light to transform us from the inside out. Folks, what you love is what will lead you. What you love is what will lead you. So therefore, God, help me in this process to understand there are some important things I need to love because whatever it is I'm longing for, loving, that is what will ultimately lead me. Here's what we miss. Love isn't exclusively this feel-good, endorphin-generating emotion. No, love is commitment. Love is covenant. Love means vows that we make and keep. Love is what guides our daily thoughts, our direction, decisions, and actions daily. Because love is what controls our passions. It controls our purpose. That's why what you love is what will lead you. It's what will control you. It will control your destiny. It will control your direction in life. And that's why we better be careful, according to the word of God, to guard our heart today. Because what we love will lead us. What we are longing for will be the thing that either will take us closer to Calvary or draw us away from the Lord. Guard your heart today. It makes sense then to love something that will love you back. It makes sense to put our whole hearts into loving God, serving the Lord and the things of God. Because his love for you is far greater than anything that you will ever experience. His love is deep. It's enduring. Why? Because God's love is personal. God's love is a personal love. One of the most powerful messages we can take to the people today in our world, those that are hurting, even those that maybe are here today, God loves each of us. God loves you. God loves the folks that are outside of this building today. It's the most important message that we can share with people. He loves each one of us. I think that A.W. Tozer said it best. The love of God is one of the great realities of the universe, a pillar upon which the hope of the world rests. But it is personal, intimate thing too. He doesn't love populations, okay? He loves people. He doesn't love the masses, but he loves men and women today. What does that mean? It means God loves the whole world, but the whole world is made up of individuals. It's made up of you. It's made up of me and the people that we know. Okay, it's made up of people. So many times we hear a verse and say, man, it's just the collective. Okay, just the body, the, the church. Yes, of course, 
Jesus gave his life for the church. But I want you to know something if you don't get anything else out of this sermon today. Jesus gave his life for you on Calvary. He gave his life for me on Calvary so that we might have relationship with our Savior and that our sins could be washed away forever in a sea of forgetfulness. He loves you and he loves me. Why? Because his love is unending today. And I'm thankful that his love will not let me down. When teaching his disciples, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12 and verse 6. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. That's quite the verse that's kind of tucked away there in Luke chapter 12. I mean, a single bird doesn't fall from the sky that God doesn't notice. And here's the deal. How much more important are we than a few birds? I'm thankful for birds, but hey, God says we're more important than birds here. So much so that he knows the amount of hairs on your head or lack thereof. Even how many fell out in the shower this morning. All right, come on, right? <laughs> That's the kind of personal God that we serve today. He created you. He, you belong to him. He loves you personally. He loves you. Tell somebody, hey, he loves me. And he loves you too. <laughs> he loves me and he loves you too. How often do we think about all that Jesus did for us on Calvary? I find myself wondering, do any of us deserve this kind of love? Do really, do we ever deserve this? I mean, Jesus' death, it was not the result of jealous Jews or hard-headed Romans. It was his choice. It was his commitment to us, his commitment to each and every one of us. He endured that for you, for me. Why? Because God's love is personal. It's real. It's genuine. I want us to know today that also God's love is perfecting. God's love is a perfecting love. It's the greatest thing in the world to know that God's love me, that God loves me just as I am, period. It's equally amazing to know that he will not leave me the way he found me. He's not going to leave me the way he found me today. He's got that kind of love for me. He desires to guide me direct me. His love desires to nurture me, strengthen me, to perfect me, make me more like him. The apostle John goes on to share in 1 John chapter 4 and 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. So what's going on here? So that idea of loving somebody, someone else, one another, sometimes that might not be easy. That's what this is saying. But in that process of doing so, God's love is being perfected. It's working something out in us so that we can have a love for someone who we might not like that much. <laughs> Anyone know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm just trying to be real here, guys. 
So this is some good stuff. God help me in this process, right? God grow me in this moment, right? So God's trying to perfect something in me. Another way to look at this uh, in uh, John chapter four and 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full, not half, not kind of, sort of, right? But full expression in us. This word perfect actually means this maturing process. It is this idea of completion. In other words, God love, it completes us. It makes us whole. His love brings about significance in our lives. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, what others think they see you about. If love is not who you are, it's not going to be demonstrated on the inside. What's on the inside of us today is really what's going to be displayed on the outside. So God, change me on the inside. Love is the single defining characteristic of the New Testament church. Not signs and wonders, not doctrine. I believe, of course, in all of that. We, we need to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, right? And we do here, amen? amen? Last week we had tongues interpretation, praise God. But here's the deal. I'm wanting to understand, but God, you're perfecting me. You're working some things inside of me. We must never forget that the greatest of these is love. Amen. Our love, our commitment, our faithfulness to each other. These are the marks of what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Love for him and love for one another. That means it propels me to do something, to be concerned about someone, to reach out to others. It means I place people in my prayer life, in my mind, thinking about them, concerned about what's going on in their life. Love is what keeps us when everything else fails. When you wanna run, love is the anchor that steadies you in the midst of the storm. Without a sold out perfecting love of God, we'll be tossed around from the storms of life, the waves that batter our boat on a daily basis. You want to know a good measure of your love? Crisis. Crisis reveals the true story. When everything else falls apart, what's left? Our relationship with God or lack thereof, that's the thing that's gonna stand the test of time. So in crisis, it reveals what's really under the surface. Now, before the pandemic, I thought that we had a church of believers who were truly disciple. <laughs> Turns out we had a lot of great folks that came to church, but some were not rooted. Some were not grounded in the Lord. Many had not surrendered their lives fully to Jesus. Their first love was not given unto the Lord. And so now that the storm has come, there's folks that have been battered, bruised, isolated, confused. The winds of uncertainty and doctrines are, are just blowing and they're not sure where their moorings are, where their foundation is. And it breaks my heart to see people who are weary now and worn and uncertain and confused, making choices that will impact their eternity. As the lead pastor, I want to do a better job. I want to do a better job of helping people out. I want to do better. 
I want us to be pointed toward God's love daily. So God, help me as I preach, as I teach, as I lead my words, my actions. God, help me to demonstrate that we need to have a love for God and a love for one another. A love for one another means that we band together, united in one mind, in one accord, believing that God's got greater things in store for you, greater things in store for your family, for our community, for the church. My heart is fixed on Jesus Christ. I don't want to be buffered by the waves of life, shattered by the illusion of what's happening around me. No, my focus is on Jesus Christ. He is King and Lord and Savior in my life. Jesus Christ is the center of my life. Therefore, let my words and my actions demonstrate that on a daily basis. Guide me, Lord. Lead me. Deepen me. So that when the winds blow, when society goes ahead and tells me something is true and it's not biblical, God help me in the process understand that you are Lord and you are Savior. And my chief desire is to please you, please you with my actions or please you with my choices. God, please you by following after your word every single day. So when things get tough, and of course they always do, our foundation will be secure, strong enough to withstand the storms. And that love of God perfecting us, perfecting us in him. Can we just take a moment and trust God for that right now? Lord, I pray for this group. I pray right now, God, be be a strength to us, a strong tower to us, so that whenever things come our way, we're not blown away because our roots are deep in you, deep in the word of God, deep in what you're calling us to be and become, to love you, to love one another, to be the church in these troubled times. In Jesus' name. One of the best things I can tell you today is God's love is persevering. God's love, it is persevering. Jesus did not die on the cross to prove that he loves us, but his true purpose was to give us life with him, to save us from ourselves so that we can be consecrated, dedicated unto the Lord. Jesus spoke of the parable of the lost sheep in Luke chapter 15 and verse 4. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And he calls his friends and neighbors all around, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. What, what's going on there? Did you catch that? What is the heartbeat of Jesus Christ, the mission of God, the mission of the church? Jesus takes whatever he can do and he goes out. He leaves the 99. Hey, y'all, you got this. You guys are good. I'm going out to reach that one lost sheep. I'm going to go out there and steal them from the clutches of the wolves and the enemy and society because when I find that sheep, there's going to be much rejoicing because that lost sheep has come home. 
God's love will pursue. It will preserve us. He will keep reaching, keep fighting, keep loving. In spite of myself, Jesus loves me. In spite of my shortcomings, Jesus loves me. And he desires to rescue me today from myself. God's love is transforming. God's love makes me more like him. And because of that, my desire, my desire, my heart's desire is to be more like Jesus. So God, do whatever it takes to remove the impurities out of my heart. Do whatever it takes to remove the bitterness, the hurt, the pain, the emotions that have trapped me in my past. God, whatever it takes, remove all of that today from me. Fill my heart with your purpose. Fill my heart, Lord, with your plan. I know you've got something greater in store for me. That's what God's love does when we fully surrender, fully surrender to it. It changes us from the inside out. It keeps me no matter what I face in this world. I promise you that if you will fully surrender to God, his love will not let you down. There might be people that might let you down. Things might let you down. Hey, even I might let you down. And so I'm sorry for that. But can I tell you about God's love? God's love will never let you down. God's love is unending. It's unfailing today. God's spirit is in this place. The Lord wants to minister to you. Heal your brokenness today. Heal your hurt today. God's love is calling us to a deeper sense of dedication, a deeper sense of commitment, a surrendering of self to him. God's calling us back to our first love. Before we pray, I need to speak to some fears because we all have fears at times. I want to speak to some of those here. You see, we're afraid sometimes to fully give our hearts to God because we've been hurt. And that hurt has caused us to close off a part of our heart, even to God. What if I trust God and he fails me? What if I trust God and things fall apart? I mean, look what happened in my relationships. Look what happened with my spouse. Look what happened with my mom or dad or my child. You fill in the blank. Can I make a promise to you standing on the word of God today? The unending promises of the Lord says this. His love will not fail you. He will not abandon you today. You're not going to be facing life alone any longer. Why? Because his love is for you. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for you to fulfill. Another fear could be, what if God asks me to give something up that I don't want to give up? What if God calls me to shake off the trappings of this world and set my gaze upon him? My friends, can I tell you, I promise you, he will. He will ask you to set your gaze upon the Lord, making him the center of it all. That is my promise to you because that's what the word of God calls us to. He's calling us deeper. He's calling us to go further. He's calling us to greater heights in him, greater places in the Lord. And those greater heights will require change. It will require an adjustment, 
a recalibration to what God is trying to do in us. God, mold me in your image. But for me to take the next step means I'm going to have to let go of some things. The love that you're calling me toward, the path that you're deepening me in, it means a dedication to you, a commitment, a desire for the things of God more than the things of this world. It will require change along the way. God being God doesn't make life perfect. Can I dispel that? <laughs> but allowing God to perfect his love in us, it does give you peace. Some of us were wrestling right here. Man, I don't have peace. I don't have any peace. Because we're wrestling, we're on the fence. We've not chosen one side or the other. Therefore, we're not going to find peace. God's calling us to go deeper. But in our hearts, we've said this far and no more, Lord. I'm willing to give you this, but not that. I'm willing to go there, but I'm not going to let go of this. God, you're calling me to move forward. You're calling me out of Egypt. You're calling me to let go of some things, some fears in my life. I don't want to wait 40 years wandering in the wilderness to get Egypt out of my heart. You see, one of the greatest challenges that I see in that story of the people being freed from captivity. I mean, they were free. They're no longer slaves. I mean, they were called to move forward into the promised land. But for whatever reason, even though they were freed on the outside, they were still bound on the inside. And in that state of confusion, they allowed the past to dictate their future. Oh, I remember those times. We had enough food to eat when we were slaves. Moses, you brought us out here. What in the world are we going to do? I feel so lost. Doesn't God love us? I mean, we were supposed to be his people called by his name. I mean, here we are. We don't even have food to eat. Moses, what are you doing? It feels so uncertain, so confused. If I can dispel some fear today, you will not grow and do what God is calling you to do until you let go of some things in your past. Embrace God's future today. My friend, will you embrace God's future today? God has a calling. He's got a passion, a purpose, a plan for your life. But it must be seized. It must be moved forward into. It cannot be something on the side. An upgrade to where you are. No, it's an all or it's an all in situation right now. God's calling us to go deeper. God is calling us to go further. Today, the Lord is here to cover you with his love. He's here to transform you. He's able to change you today. He wants to give you peace and a hope and a joy that the world can't give, nor can the world take away. He's got that kind of presence in this place today, in this sacred space today. I believe it's time for us to find a place of prayer time of consecration and dedication to the things of God, surrendering our all to the Lord. Would you stand with me right now? Someone in this room, 
You came here for a reason today. I want to encourage you, God has hope. He has mercy. He has grace. He desires to take you deeper. His love is calling us to go further. Don't be sidetracked by what other people are doing. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't allow what everybody else says is the right path. But hear from the Lord. God, what are you calling me to do? I know you've already called me. You've called me out of darkness. You're calling me into your marvelous light. You've already done a work, but I know you've got more for me. You've got a depth that you're calling me toward. What is it that's holding me back? Is there a part of my heart that's yet to be surrendered to you? Is there something I'm harboring against somebody else that's causing me harm and hurt, bitterness in my heart? Have I allowed the noise of society or well-meaning Christians, Christ followers, to take away my faith, to shortchange the miracle because I began, because I began listening to them rather than listening to Jesus Christ. It's time to find a place of prayer. God's calling us to go deeper. God is calling us to go further today. And we're gonna pray right here in a moment. I'm inviting you, you're welcome to come to the front to pray. You're welcome to pray right you where you are. But I believe God wants to provide you hope and strength and deliverance and peace. Some of us are in need of a miracle today. We serve a miracle working God. Someone in this room, you need strength. We serve the God that spoke the world into existence. There is strength to be found in this place today. Someone's confused. I wanna tell you, we serve a God filled with hope, filled with his love for us today. We can surrender it all to Jesus and we can trust in him and his power is sufficient. His strength is sufficient today to be made whole in us. If we can just let go and turn our eyes to Jesus. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for this moment. Lord, I know that you're doing something inside of us. There are folks in this room that need something. They've come here searching, God. They're seeking for you. And I pray right now by the power, God, of your spirit, do what only you can do. Do a supernatural work in someone's life. Do a supernatural work in someone's heart, in their situation, Lord. Let your love be demonstrated in us. Let your love be demonstrated in us. We surrender to you now, Jesus. We desire to make you center in all things, in all ways in our life. Fill us with strength. Fill us with hope, God. We want the miracle to unfold. We want your will to occur in us. We surrender to you, Jesus. We want you to be the center of our life right now. We want you to provide the strength and the guidance we need right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. We make this entire place a place of prayer. The presence of God is here. His spirit is here. And God's going to minister to you right now. God's going to do a mighty work in your life. Can we pray right now and surrender our all to Jesus because he's here in Jesus' name. love.